What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another playoff preview for the 2021-22 season or the 2022 playoffs. For today's episode, for the first time, we have fans of opposing teams. My favorite, actually, no, my second favorite Eastern Conference series, and that is the four-seeded Philadelphia 76ers against the number five-seeded Toronto Raptors. For this episode, I am joined by the host of the Good Rookies podcast and the Raptors fan club on Clubhouse, Nelly J and Fahim. And then for the Philadelphia 76ers, we have Jonathan Harris. Saying that all right. I'm saying that right. You got it. You got, you got it, man. Representing the 76ers, part of my Hoop Spaces t- uh, family. Uh, I think all of us do Hoop Spaces as far as I know. And yeah, here they are. Welcome to the show, guys. I guess I'll start with the Toronto guys. Um, let us know a little bit about yourselves and how you guys got into supporting the Raptors and making content for them. Oh, wow. So I will say, uh, what up? This is Nelly J. Uh, yeah, we are Raptors diehard fans from 95. Um, before I was a Raptor fan, I would say I was a Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan uh, addict. <laughs> Love that man. But when we got our team, I had a little, you know, tug of war, right? Love you some Jordan, but supported the Raptors. And I think Fahim and I, you know, our friendship started off. We used to work together at a call center and we talked ball. We talked college ball. We talked, we talked every sport at work. And then years later, I, I meet up with Fahim, just like randomly met up with him in Jurassic Park. And for those who do wow. not know, Jurassic Park in Toronto is wild. That's where all the diehard fans, we go down there from like nine in the morning, we wait in line. We enter Jurassic Park, and it's a whole area. Milwaukee, y'all try that thing, but y'all don't are the original, okay? Jurassic Park is the original park. And so um, I actually ran into him there for the Brooklyn Game 7 series. We lost, but it was like, yo, what, 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 what up? And yeah, like years later, we started a podcast, Good Rookies. Uh, we started the fan club last year on Clubhouse, and we started the Raptor Spaces on with Hoop Spaces. Uh, this, I would say, we started in February. So it's been a lot, but we wanted a place where Raptor fans can give their takes. We can have nice, educated debates. I'm into like the trash talking stuff. Like that's fun, but let's talk basketball. Let's keep it on the court. All the other shenanigans were not a part of that. So yeah, I just loved making content for Raptors, and I love what we're doing. So I'll pass the mic to Fahim. Oh man, perfect summary. Um, I just make mine quick. Uh, yeah, it's Fahim. Uh, I've been a Raptors fan since, like Nelly just saying, '95. Uh, we had the draft when we got the expansion in '95. Um, I was actually there at the expansion draft when we got. Wow, so, like, that's awesome. So literally a day one, you could say. Um, and I'll just pick up where uh, Nelly J said I've been a Raptor fan from from time, uh, and work together conversations. Like she said, Jurassic Park. We we met back, and we were actually at the original Jurassic Park. So when they first started the idea, and uh, that was our first playoff series when we played against the Brooklyn Nets, and we lost um, that heartbreaker. Uh, so we were there uh, for those moments, and uh, we've continued on and started the podcast, and here we are now, um, just building and growing with more Raptors uh, content. So yeah, appreciate appreciate you inviting us here. Wow, I'm not gonna lie. I, I did. There's got a lot of Raptors fans on Twitter that uh, that became fans around the Lowry DeRozan era, but we got people from the Damon Stoudemire era. Right, fantastic. Stoudemire, yeah, you know it. <laughs> same question, same question, kind of for for Jonathan on the Sixers side. How did you get into the Sixers, and what's your background uh, supporting the team? 
Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on first. And um, yeah, you you guys can see me. I, I tweet a lot about the Sixers at that dude, John. And I've been a Sixers fan my whole life, man. Uh, I mean, I was I was born in 91. Uh, my dad's side's from Philly. So I kind of had no choice but to be a Philly fan for, for all the teams. And they're obsessed. So, I mean, I, I would say growing up, I mostly watched Allen Iverson. Um, he, you know, I watched every game because of him. He was just, he was just such a fun player. And the, the team was obviously the team was, was centered around him. We had some pieces back in the day, you know, like the Matumbos, Eric Snows, Aaron McKee, guys like that. But uh, Allen Iverson was the guy. So, you know, it was always fun uh, watching him and he had the, he had the city lit, man. So I grew up watching him now. Um, I don't know if you guys know, I do host a podcast with my boy uh, called Sundays for basketball. We don't um, specifically cover just the Sixers. He's actually a Lakers fan, unfortunately for him. But um, <laughs> but we, um, you know, we cover just around the NBA. Obviously, you know, you, you guys might have seen me like in the hoop spaces here and there, just just popping in. I don't have my own show on there yet. Uh, Chris has been talking to me about that, so hopefully soon. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm here as, as a diehard. You know, ready to talk about the Sixers. I'm just excited. Where'd you grow up? Did you hear that? Am I not coming in? Oh, yeah. Nope, nope, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, my bad. I was going to say, where did you grow up? Um, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I should specify since multiple of you. John, yeah, John, what did you grow up? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I grew up actually in South Jersey, about 20 minutes out of Philadelphia. Okay. That's not um, far at all. Yeah, my, my dad... He, my dad's side, they actually live in Philly, so I did spend my summers there. Mm. Um, I used to, I went to summer camp from like eight up to like age 13, and then I just kind of um, spent my summers there, even from there, uh, growing up, I guess, like in Philly in the summers. And but most of my time was spent in uh, South Jersey. So let's get right into the before we talk about the matchup, I want to talk about how the seasons have gone for your guys' respective teams, but. I also want to say, you know, being the basketball historian that I am, this Philadelphia-Toronto matchup has some history. Uh, going back to 2001 with Vince Carter and Allen Iverson, the Sixers came out victorious in Game 7 on that one. And then revenge was had 18 years later in the most dramatic of fashion with Kawhi Leonard's famous three, four bounces off the rim which ended up leading to the title for Toronto. So part three, I cannot wait. Let's start, <laughs> let's start with Toronto. Let's start with Toronto first. It's been an interesting bounce back season. I think most people had you guys around hovering around the play-in spots. I know even ESPN put you guys even out of the play-in spots mm -hmm. um, from, what I, from what I remember. Now, last year was a weird year because you guys were located in Tampa, not back home. It was a weird year where you lost Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul. I know Aaron Baines wasn't the replacement everybody thought he would be. And, you know, you had a, a lot, I guess, reliant a lot on Siakam, Lowry, and Van Vliet. And they and I guess Norman Powell as well to some extent. And Lowry, there was a bunch, there was a lot of injuries, COVID. Lowry ended up, there were trade rumors midseason. Uh, talk talk to me about how you were able to, besides just the addition of Scotty Barnes, just turn this season around from not even making the play-in last year 
to being the five seed this year? I mean, I, I will add something and I'll leave some for Fahim to, to jump in. But I think, you know, we are known to have a strong home base. And personally, I do believe, and Fahim knows this, if we played in Toronto last season, we would have been a play-in or playoff team. Um, by the All-Star break last year, we were the fourth seed in the East. The fourth seed in the East by the All-Star break. And then COVID smacked our team up. I mean, like, Mike Tyson knockout. It was crazy. <laughs> we had like all of our coaching staff got sick. The entire roster got sick. It was so bad that we were playing people that I had no clue. I was like, who's our team? Norman Powell was averaging 30 plus points. Okay. Like it was that bad because COVID hit us. And when that happened um, around the time, the push for the playoffs, when everyone came back a month before the, the, the postseason, it wasn't enough time to get back into rhythm to push for like a playoff or play in position. So we, we ended up, I think, 12th last year um, and wasn't even down by a lot of games. I, I just think that the two months of COVID hitting our team and last year, COVID wasn't like, you know, now it's like a two week off. Last year, COVID was a whole month off. If you caught COVID, you're gone for a whole month. Right. So uh, I do think that was a challenge. Kyle Lowry was injured. We weren't playing at home. A lot of barriers happened. So most Raptor fans last season, to us wasn't a failure. It was, yo, it, it wasn't a good season. It wasn't a good one for personnel and for health, right? And everyone goes through those kind of injury seasons, right? We've all seen championship teams, you know, have one year of injuries. And it's a part of, you know, of, of playing basketball. Your body gets tired. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Mileage runs out. And so Warriors went through this year. Raptors had that year. But we've only missed one year off the playoff. Now we're back. And I think for Raptor fans, uh, we actually had a pre-game, a pre a preseason room on Clubhouse. And uh, we asked everybody, what do you expect? And everyone pretty much had us in the playoff position. I'll say majority said top six. Some said six to seven or six to eight. But no, no Raptor fan is surprised because we understand this squad. I do think adding Precious and adding Scotty Barnes and adding Gary Trent, those three key pieces are three guys that have been key to our success. So I'll pass the mic to Fim to talk about more of those guys. <laughs> it's funny. You passed me the mic and left me nothing left to no, eat. I, I, no, I, I, no, I did. No, 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 Fahim. <laughs> no, 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 Fahim. Fahim, he asked about last season. I covered hey, it. Hey, uh, this season, the turnaround. I'll, I'll ask him a what's it called question. Like, um, okay. Uh, segue question, I guess. So let's talk about now how you guys start out this season kind of slowly. Siakam came back from the injury, right? And all of a sudden in December, you guys had this crazy turnaround led by Pascal. I know Van Vliet was your all-star representative, but it seems as though consensus, at least on Twitter, but my personal opinion, I think Siakam is the best player on this team. Uh, when you look at uh, – you can tell me how you feel about that. I mean, when you look at – he leads your team in scoring with 22 and a half points a game um, and also his defense, or 23 points a game, and his defense, and obviously being the second best player on that 2019 team, how has he turned it around and talk about the second half of the season Raptors that we're going to see now? All right. So I would say definitely uh, since, since the all-star break, one of the big keys is like you mentioned, Siakam uh, coming into his own uh, for the first half. As we know, he missed uh, the first uh, maybe 20 games. He, he missed a good chunk of the, the start of the season and didn't get a really chance to get his rhythm. All-star break, got his rhythm. Um, and, the Siakam we're getting now is the Siakam that we were getting uh, pre-bubble, so before, before COVID. Um, he was really having a great run. Uh, he's getting back into that form. So that's one key 
to what's happening. Uh, next is pressure to shoot at Shua. And I take every opportunity I get to apologize to him. Um, because I was not one of the people who early out was very high on Precious. Um, I had kind of very low expectations from him. Uh, we got him, and I just saw him more as just someone who's going to block some shots. Because remember when the uh, the World Championships when he blocked uh, Kevin Durant, and that was what that kind of put him on the map for a lot of people, especially me. Uh, so just the fact that uh, he was somebody who's a front court player who I've seen as blocking shots. When I see him shooting mid-ranges and three-point shots, I thought that was out of his game. After the All-Star break, he completely turned into a completely different person. Uh, now, behind the three-point arc, um, I'm not sure the numbers, but he's shooting at an extremely high clip. That's actually very key to what's happening uh, since the All-Star break also. And I'd say those are the two major factors. Scotty Barnes has been consistent all year. Uh, now, if we're going to speak kind of about the things that aren't that we must be worried or kind of cautious about or talk about is the backcourt Fred Van Vliet, not quite the, the all-star Fred Van Vliet since the all-star break. Uh, Gary Trent, uh, not quite the Gary Trent from before. Like their shooting numbers have really dropped since the all-star break. Um, but uh, being on the optimistic end, as we're saying, uh, this Raptor team top to bottom um, is deep and um, has a good run for the playoffs. So I'll just land there with that. And, and to add something that I want to talk about, because you did mention what, what changed from December. I think what really changed, uh, mm -hmm. when everyone got back, we've only had our starting five play, I think, 23 games together this entire mm -hmm. season. So, right. like, we're a fifth seed team, but had a lot of injuries. Like, we were right. playing with injuries like a lot of other teams, in, like, you know, the Denver Nuggets and so forth. Like, we, we, we missed OG for, like, two, three months. So... I think we only had our starting five play together 23 games. And the fact that we only had that and still became a fifth seed, I think that's thanks to people like Siakam stepping up, uh, Scotty Barnes stepping up. Um, and I think when Gary Trent has had moments of, of great basketball, scored 38, almost 41 game. Like, so, so to me, I think when we had everyone back in January, we had an amazing run. We beat Milwaukee twice. We beat Miami twice. We beat a lot of the top teams right now in the NBA. And what, and when everyone's healthy, it's uh, the team is great, but we all know every team has injuries, right? At this point in the game, every team, we, everyone, everyone's hurt, right? So no excuses. It just makes man up. And I think because of Precious stepping up and Boucher stepping up, I think they've added to our success in the last month of this season. So I'm going to end, I'm end it right there. And I just want to punch in with this really quickly. As you mentioned with our bench, uh, Boucher stepping up. Uh, like you said, pressure stepping up and also adding Thad Young um, as a veteran off the bench to kind of groom our younger guys like Scotty Barnes. It's going to be his first playoffs. Um, it's, it's clear that just ha before Thad Young got there, we didn't really have a bona fide veteran. And it's good to have him as much as he's not going to have those big minutes. He's going to have that big influence we feel going forward. My bad. No, you're good. Uh, Fred Van Vliet missed 17 games. Siakam 14. OG Ananobi. 34. Yeah. So that's to, to allude to the injuries that you talked about. Scotty Barnes, though, has been one of my favorite rookies. Probably my, I mean, I'm a little biased to Evan Mobley because he went to USC, but Scotty Barnes, I've seen him play live twice this year, once in Boston, one in LA. Dude is really strong and obviously a, one of the favorites rookie of the year. Um, I was going to ask a Siakam question, but I want to go to John first. So let's talk about the Sixers. James Harden came over in the trade. I mean, a lot made out of that. The Ben Simmons fiasco. Give me the way the season has gone from your perspective and how Harden has done since he's arrived in Philly. Yeah, so 
Um, I would say overall the season to me has been – it's been like up and down for me because early on, I guess, I just didn't really know what to expect with the whole Ben Simmons situation if we were at. It was a lot of the front half of the season was just us speculating on what's going to happen with Ben, where are we actually going to be able to trade him? Is this going to drag on? Um, because, you know, Daryl Moore was just like on the radio a couple times in Philly. He's like, well, I'll make this go on for four years if I have to. You know, I, he was just kind of being stubborn about it. And and for me, I, there was like so many people that I was just like, you know, so many pieces. I was like, we can just go get, you know, whether there was rumors about DeJounte Murray, there was the shy, go just, you know, rumors. There, I was like, let's just get pieces at this point. We have a solid team. You know, let's just get Ben out of here. He's not going to play for us again. So that was, I guess, like my first half of the season, I was just going through that. Embiid, you know, uh, he had COVID. And earlier in the season, and we started dropping, dropping, dropping in the uh, in the standings because we were pretty high up early, early. And then I would say when MB got COVID, we started dropping down. And I was like, are we going to be able to sustain ourselves to be able to be in a playing spot at this point? Because it was looking bad. It was one point where we went like one and eight without him. So it was like it was pretty bad. Um, but obviously, he came back. We turned it around. Uh, I would say since we got Harden, there's uh, there's so much drama around this on Twitter because to me, listen, and I, I say this all the time on Twitter, so this is nothing new. When people hear this, it is what it is. I think Philly fans are fickle, very fickle. I think they, I do think they turn on players, and it, it, it makes me upset because I'm like, guys, we were so excited when um, James Harden arrived. You know, he was getting his triple-doubles. We went like 4-0. and He was playing amazing. He was dropping 30, 10, and 12. It was like, oh, wow, James Harden's a perfect fit for Embiid. And then he starts shooting bad. He starts shooting three. He goes like two for 12 from three here and there. Um, his shooting numbers drop. Then we start hearing, oh, he's not good without fouls again. And, oh, like – he brings so much to the table for us. It's not just for me. It's not just him shooting at a high clip. It's percentage. It's just the fact that we can spread the floor with him. We can run drag sets and he can get downhill and it's a threat to the defense to choose. Am I going to go after Harden? Am I going to go after Embiid? So for me, what he brings to the team is very valuable. Very, very valuable. Even if he's not shooting well, I still like having him on a team because we saw so many years of, of Ben um, kind of clogging the floor, like sitting back, how they used to do against Giannis, how they used to just drop back. And Ben refuses to shoot. At least Giannis will take a shot. Ben, for me, he wouldn't shoot. And I think that that did hurt us, especially him not being able to shoot free throws well. My only gripe with Ben, because I was actually a Ben Simmons fan. I liked Ben a lot. But I, my only gripe with him was to say he didn't improve his free throws, which I think I didn't need him to shoot threes. It's like, whatever. I don't, I'm not a big fan of everyone shooting threes anyway. I don't think everyone should be that. shooting threes. But but I did want him to shoot his free throws better, which he never really got better at that. So anyway, this season, um, James Harden, I feel like, listen, there's a there's a big a battle in the Nets versus um, Sixers Twitter on who won the trade. I honestly don't care who won the trade. I know that with the team that we had last year, it wasn't good enough to win. And I think before we got Harden, our team wasn't good enough to win. Now we at least have a chance. I'm not saying we are going to win the NBA championship, but at least I can go into the playoffs saying, you know, I have a, I have a, some hope that if Harden is James Harden, you know, we can, we can make a run. So I'm excited to have him on the team. I think, um, you know, going into these playoffs is going to be a little bit. Um, oh, well, I guess we'll get into the to the first round, so I won't, I won't go too deep into that. But um, yeah, I'm excited where we are. 
um, you know, being the fourth seed, being able to sustain half the season without one of our all-stars and, um, you know, keeping it rolling with, with Harden. So, well, I'm excited. No, that's good. That's good stuff. That brings us to the matchup itself. And so we've seen some emergence from Tyrese Maxey this year for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's been a real bright spot. Um, I, we talked about him in my season preview, actually. But I think a lot of people are – this is a really interesting series because you got the Raptors, the whole, like, length, about four, six, nine guys, or Scotty Barnes, OG, Siakam, and, and how that could be disruptive to uh, Embiid. But I think it's fair to say Embiid is the best player in this series and needs to perform that way for the Sixers to win. I think the biggest question mark, as Jonathan said, was James Harden. A lot of I'd say the Sixers are definitely the favorite just from the from everyone else, um, being that a lot of people might say that they may have the two best players in this series, which which brings us to who's going to be better between Siakam and Harden. Now, they both kind of have these playoff demons to exercise in ways. I don't want to say the same about Siakam because he did win a championship, but he got a really bad rep after the bubble. That I heard that was terrible. That was terrible for him mentally. I know that the COVID rules in Toronto were really strict and he didn't even get a chance to work out. And that was a whole thing. Uh, and then obviously Harden with all his postseason failures in the past, but now finding himself in a role where he is the second best player on the team for the first time since he was in Oklahoma city. So that brings a different level of pressure that's going to be off of him. That being said, he still has so much pressure to perform as that second option to support Embiid. I guess I'll go to the Toronto Toronto crew first. I want to know what about – was it this year that Siakam had the whole blow-up with Nick Nurse? When was that? Because I'm getting kind of uh, – Yeah, kind of so so there was issues with them. I think I that, that was – last Wasn't that last season? So it stemmed from the bubble playoff right, because because right. Nick Nurse did bench him, right? So this is the funny thing about the Lakers, right? I have to address this. Laker fans, y'all want Nick Nurse. He will bench your star. He will bench your star. Nick Nurse doesn't care. If you're not playing defense, he will bench you. He'll he'll bench LeBron. He will bench 80. He'll bench anybody if he thinks that they ain't playing right. So Nick Nurse is the kind of coach, like he doesn't care. And I think uh when he benched Yakum in the bubble, he was having hardship. They had a dispute there, and that kind of lingered on in Tampa Bay as well. So, um, but Masai squashed it. Masai spoke with them, and actually, now they're really close. Like, if you saw the last uh, media day they had yesterday, Siakam was laughing at Nick Nurse. Like, they, they're now their family again. And, you know, sometimes family fight, family mess up. But when the leader of the family is Masai Ujiri, y'all, like, any drama that occurs, like, it's, it's, he, will, he will deal with it. He will manage it. And I think as Raptor fans, knowing that Masai handled it and said, nope, they're good now. Once I know, once Masai said that they're good, I knew that they were fine. So that's my, my thoughts on it. But when it comes to Pascal and this series, I do think that um, if you look at how Pascal plays against Philadelphia, they have no one to guard him. He's like a, he goes free reign. Like it's a free fall, free for all for, for Siakam. Um, he is like, I think Siakam will be the second best player in this series only because um, Philly doesn't have anyone to manage him. And I remember when we had the the uh, the, the watch party with Philly fans, they were all like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like Siakam, no one could stop him. And it's just true. Um, but Matisse Thibault was f- focusing on Gary Trent and Freddie. 
he can't also focus on Siakam. He can't do it all, right? And we have so much threats. That's why I think the Raptors, we have so many threats. It's like, who does Philly focus on, right? And not having Matisse for three day, for three games, um, I do expect Siakam to be the second best player on this rap in the series after Embiid, of course. But I do think the series for Philly is heavily weighed on Harden's performance. I really think he's going to be a key factor. Even if he can't shoot, he has to contribute offensively with assists, get, helping guys get to the uh, uh, spreading the floor, making at least some shots, and not turning over the ball. I think Harden performing, even though he's not the best player, I still think, Jonathan, I think he still is um, important to your success in, in, in this postseason for me. So I guess I'll go to Kahim for, uh, for this. So Siakam's timeline, like, did he? How was he last season? Because I didn't get to watch. I know his stats. His rebounds are up this season. His efficiency's up. His assists, averaging a career high over five assists points, uh, one up. But it seems like I've heard a more a lot, a lot more about him this season. Uh, is that just because you guys are winning? Like how much, how much better has he gone from last season? And and how good was he last season before the COVID hit? Because I remember, I remember there was a brief period after the bubble where people were making fun of him for like only having one move with the spin move. Like, do you guys remember that era on Twitter? I feel like right of after course. The bubble, Right. Yeah, but can you just clarify, <laughs> when, when did he uh, did he turn a corner or like, you know? So I think with Siakam, it's more, not so much turning, a, well, maybe turning a corner, but I think it's more of an, an opportunity. Uh, keep in mind, last year, it was not Siakam's team last year. We still had Kyle Lowry. Okay. And as long as Kyle Lowry was a Raptor, um, he's a very polarizing, um, and I mean that in, in a good way, you know, but he, he, he demands... Um, as, as the greatest Raptor ever, he demands a lot of respect. And um, Siakam played well last year. The numbers would, would back that. Um, but we weren't looking or no one was looking at Siakam as that guy. We didn't really have somebody. We were a team last year, I wouldn't say with no identity, but we were a team that we didn't have a number one option. You know, um, This year is completely different because once we had started the year without Kyle Lowry, that gave Fred Van Vliet a chance to blossom because Fred Van Vliet as long as he's playing with Kyle Lowry is always going to be his understudy um so Lowry left Van Vliet comes in he has his op opportunity um now Siakam comes in and he has an opportunity because he doesn't have to now he's really just competing with Fred Van Vliet for who's the next so I think that's the biggest thing I think it's just the only difference between Siakam this year and last year is mainly based around opportunity okay perfect I mean he he's been awesome this year I guess we're going to go to, to Jonathan. What are the keys for you guys to win this series? And uh follow-up is Matisse Tybel. Nelly J alluded to it, but mm. not vaccinated, will not be playing in Toronto. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's going to be guarding Siakam primarily, but what are your thoughts on all this and what's needed for Philly to, to come out with this? Yeah, there, there's some there's some key factors here, man. So I, I think the, the one thing that surprisingly a lot of people don't talk about with the Sixers is their bench. I absolutely hate our bench. Our, I think our bench, there's we have no depth and we're very inconsistent from the bench. I'm, I would like to see my guy who is the X factor for me for this team. I've been saying this for since the beginning of the season. And a lot of Sixers fans are looking at me like I'm crazy because he's not a big name and nobody really cares about him. But George Niang. I was going to say that too. I had the same sentiment. Thank you, Nelly. Like George, George Niang has been my guy from the, because what George does, he brings energy. And obviously he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to take the big shot. And he has made big shots for us even throughout the season. I remember one of the, his signature game for me was the game right before um, 
the all-star break against Milwaukee. He hit a big three to bring us back in that game. We actually came back and won at the end, and his three brought us down to one point. But I just think that our bench, number one for me, I, I got to see what our rotation is going to look like. At this point, you know, everyone's like uh, politicking for Paul Reed to get some more minutes. Um, a lot of people are up and down on, on DeAndre Jordan. Oh, uh, but I just I, need him to <laughs> I just need him rebound. I just need him to rebound. That's it. I'm like, I don't need him too much from you. I need him to play a lot of minutes regardless. So if, if you know, DeAndre can get 10, 12 minutes and he can rebound, I'm fine with that. But I, I think, um, you know, going into this series against Toronto, it's a very sketchy matchup for us. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I, we're going to have to play some really good perimeter defense against them, in, in my opinion, because they got some shooters. I know Fred is going to be jacking them up. I know Gary Trent. Um, for me, you know, I might get attacked from you guys for this, but no, okay. Trent is like he's like up and down for me. So oh one, no, he's oh, he's no. yeah he's, for us too. Like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> we know Gary Trent; he's very yeah. up and down. He's very inconsistent. So, so that's why we don't know what to expect from him. To be honest, right. and, shoots and, a lot of threes. I feel like and, you know, great. A lot of guys yeah. shoot, guys that shoot a lot of threes. Sometimes you have those nights where you make everything, and you have those nights where you're cold. Exactly. And, and that guy for us is Tobias Harris. So another guy I know a lot about. Um, Tobias Harris for me, I think he's a decent player. I just, I just need some type of consistency for me. What I need Tobias to do is just attack a little bit more. I think he's just falling in love with um, catch and shoot with Harden now, which he's he's been pretty decent with it. But I, I need him to attack and, and go off the dribble a little bit more because outside of you know we have um, Harden who's, who's looking to facilitate a lot right now, in my opinion. Um, Maxi can definitely go off the dribble, but I need Tobias to do it as well because now we got Danny Green in the lineup when we go away. And, and another thing you said to uh, just answer is the Matisse situation is is a big deal. Like, I mean, some people are just kind of like brushing it to the side, but this is our best defender. This is a guy who I feel like I feel comfortable with on the floor going against, you know, Van Vliet. Um, if we have to switch him on to Gary Tran, like he does really good against that, especially smaller guards because he's, he's, uh, he's really athletic. He can move. He's quick and he's long. I, I went to the, uh, the Warriors Sixers game and he's the only person in NBA history to block two Steph Curry three pointers in a game. Like, yeah, that's wow. insane. <laughs> like, like Jonathan, his perimeter D is so elite. And that's why like when, and no offense to you, but when Philly fans tell me, Oh, they're going to sweep the Raptors and beat them five one. No. I'm like, it's like I can tell when people haven't watched any Raptor games because if you've watched how this team plays, our play style is actually um, is not good for Philly. Like the way Philly put the how we play, it kind of clashes because we like you said, we crash the boards like we are probably top two or three offensive rebounds. Right. So when our guy misses a shot, we have Boucher, Precious, someone that is cleaning up the buckets. And we are really good at doing those things, whereas Philly struggles on the rebounding end, right? However, Philly has some shooters. Maxi can go off, Harden can go off. So when y'all are shooting really well, that that hampers on us because then we gotta shoot and try to catch up. So I yeah. think this is gonna be a very hot fought series. I don't think it'll be done uh -huh. in five. It'll be a six and seven. And I think if you think it will be a short series, like you're mistaken, because I think both of these teams have um they play they play well and they play and and i feel like they're rivalries now right we play philly four times we know yeah. your team we got two cameroon brothers on on, on on each side of the court 
there's so much happening in a series. You can't expect this to be a short four and done. It's going to be a hard yeah. fought. And that's why I think even if Philly was to win, let's say that, if they were to win, after they play the Raptors, how tired will Embiid be? How tired will Harden be? How tired? Like, they're going to be so exhausted in the second round. I feel like some folks are saying, like, Embiid can't afford to make this a 6-7 game series if they win to, 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 to yeah. then play yeah. Miami, right? But on the flip side, I think the Raptors, what we have going for us is that I'm curious to see, to your point, how Doc schemes defensively for us. Because if, if he focuses on Freddie, Freddie's a great passer. That means Gary Trump will be open to go off or Siakam or OG. So if he schemes against Siakam, that's great. Siakam improved his passing this past couple months. So now Siakam can pass the ball to OG. He can pass it to Freddie. Like, I'm just curious to know, and I think the issue with Philly isn't your personnel. I think your 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 bench can improve, but I think your issue is Doc Rivers. And I feel in close games, when the game's on the line, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but who do you trust more, Nick Nurse or Doc? Yeah, I mean, you know, you put me on the spot with that. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, uh... I'm asking you because you're a Philly fan, <laughs> but, but I'll, because, say, I'll say this. I'll I say feel this. Like you've watched more Doc, so I'm wondering in close, yeah. in close matchups, how do you I'll think say, Doc has stepped up? Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. This is what I, I have seen. It's been on and off because I think sometimes Doc gets lost in the mix when during games. So what I'm looking for out of Doc this series is we have our four guys that I can that I trust enough to be on the floor at all times. So it's Joel Embiid, it's James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and for me, I know it's a little up and down, but Tobias Harris. So with that being said, I need Doc to always have two of those four on the floor all the time to kind of help us crutch our bench. I know people don't think our bench is bad, but it's really bad. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> there's some games where our bench scores eight points, literally. And we is need Curry to be off the bench. Is Curry supposed to be your sixth man? No, Seth is not there anymore. So it's remember yeah, Seth is. Oh, you're right. No, this is the thing. Seth was a starter. Seth was a starter. And so Andre Drummond was a great piece behind and beat off the bench, too. Yeah, that's it. That's the one guy that I really, really miss. But I'll say this. I'll say that I'm I'm excited for a series. I do think we're gonna win. I do. I think it's gonna be a tough matchup, but I think Joel and beat. I know this is going to sound simplified, but he's just going to have to will us to a win. He's just going to have to go out there and dominate and put pressure on the defense, get some guys in foul trouble, which I know people are like, he's a free throw merchant. Whatever. Do what you got to do. If you got to get Siakam in foul trouble, if you got whoever's on you, whatever, Siakam go. Will be on him. Will be do OG. it. And, um, OG's body and Precious will be on him. So because I think Nick Nurse is going to want Siakam to, be, to go freedom. So he's going to put OG, uh, Precious, and Scotty on um, on MB. Yeah, and and Harden, and obviously we talked about Harden. Um, I want to see him attack uh, and put pressure. I want I want to see those high screens with Embiid, those drag sets. I want to see him put pressure, go downhill, and do what we did when he first got there. It kind of looked more free, a little free flowing when he when he first got there. It looks like right now, or towards the end of the season, I would say the last couple of weeks, I felt like he was still trying to maybe get people's confidence up, maybe still get people involved, make people feel like, you know, um, comfortable going into the playoffs. I don't know what it was. But at this point, it's the first round. We cannot afford to lose in the first round. All, everything will break loose. <laughs> and if we lose in this first round. So Harden and Embiid, go get it done. That's all. That's it. I mean, go be, the be go be the best players and make it happen. Jonathan, I'm going to be frank with you, man. I'm going to be real. If, if y'all if y'all don't shoot lights out, you're getting swept. 
period. No, you guys don't We're shoot. getting swept. Listen, no, hold, hold up, hold up, hold. I said if you guys don't shoot well, oh, and I mean, lights out. if y'all don't shoot lights out, no. if you guys don't shoot, mm -hmm. and jo Jonathan and Jonathan, here's why I say that, right? That you last game we beef. played, y'all. Hold up. The, the last game we played, y'all, we didn't have OG or Freddie on the court. It's probably one of our worst games we ever played, actually. Y'all were shooting 50% from the field, mm -hmm. 60 from the three-point line. And y'all allowed us to get back in the game in the fourth quarter with a tied game two minutes left. And we just forced Precious picked off of Harden. Um, Scotty picked off of, um, what's the next you guys have? Yeah, like, we were stealing the ball. We were picking off. We are turning over balls like... Defensively, I think the Raptors are a better defensive team than you guys. That's why I'm saying is that in Toronto, I can see you guys beating us without Matisse Thibel, right? So that's three games in Toronto. So what I'm saying is that those first two games, what I'm looking for, if Harden and Maxi are not shooting, because I think Embiid will have a great series. We all think Embiid will go off, right? He'll be great. But if Maxi and Harden do not have good shooting nights, how do you expect to beat the Raptors without those without one of those guys shooting well? How? Well. Well, here's the thing. Max Maxie, to me, he he shoots, but I don't really view him as a shooter. I view I view him as a guy who can go off the dribble, create his own shot. He likes to get floaters, he likes to get in the paint. So he also shooter. can assist when you need him to No, okay, so he's not a but score. I see I see like a Danny Green or a George Niang as a shooter. You know, like I for That's me, Max is very versatile. Obviously, you want James Harden to be shooting well from three, but I think James Harden is a good enough player that if he's not shooting well, I think he can find other ways to to attack your defense and create. I don't see any scenario. I could be wrong. Y'all can go back and, and post this on Twitter if you want, but I don't see any scenario where the Sixers get swept. I don't no, care. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think yeah. they get swept. I All I see that. I don't see that scenario. I don't no, see no, no. anything. I, I know, I agree but, with you. but, but, and, but and, all, all I said, wait, wait, because again, y'all, I said a full sentence. Y'all have the latter half. I said, if you guys do not shoot well, right? Because again, I think for the Sixers and even Chris, big up Chris, who said, said the same thing. You guys, you guys have to score, and Maxi and Harden have to be shooting and scoring well to beat the Raptors. What if Harden what goes? What if Harden has those games? Where he's like eight for twenty-two, but he gets like fifteen free throw attempts and makes like thirteen of them. Well, right. I, but again, that's fine. At the end of the day, Harden still has to have twenty plus, and so yeah. does Maxi. Right. But what I'm saying is that if they play the way I saw them playing the last two weeks of, of before the the post seat before the um the, the break that to me is concerning because i just felt the bench wasn't stepping up at that time so yeah. if they're off your bench can't keep, pick up the pieces for them that's why i'm saying is heavily relied on maxi and harden now i actually predicted raptors in six i don't think it will sweep at all myself i picked raptors in six but my issue with philly is that like offensively y'all were looking kind of like when Embiid was out I felt the team didn't look as good. So that's why I'm yeah. saying Maxi has to do his thing, so does Harden, but I still pick Raptors in six. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I don't think there'll be any sweeps, to be honest, this year, this, this postseason, but I think a sweep can happen if teams don't perform. Sorry. Um, I did, Dime, I'll let you hop in for a second, but I just want to say this. Um, I don't I don't think Maxi is in question at all. Of, of any, We've talked about a lot of Philadelphia players. For some reason, I know he's a second-year player, but – he seems like he's the most real outside of obviously Embiid. I'm not really don't see Embiid not showing up, but um, Maxi 
for a second year player, he's put himself in a very reliable situation. So um, I guess I understand what you're saying. If if Maxi and Harden were to be off, it's it could be like it could be curtains. I get it, but I just I can't see a situation where we're having Maxi uh, struggling for a series. He's just too good right now. I think. Go I, ahead, guess I guess I'll ask this to to Jonathan, man. Uh, yeah. Looking at it, the, the people that she said are going to guard and beat as the primary defenders: Scotty Barnes, OG, Precious Achua. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of these guys are seven feet tall. They're strong and they're good. You have good length. But let's be real, man. As from a Sixers perspective, yeah. what do we expect from Embiid here? Because this is the year I want all the propaganda here. This has been one yeah. of the best seasons from the center I've seen in my life. He's led the league in scoring. He should be demanding double. If they're going man to man, he should be demanding double teams every single possession if not scoring on these guys and getting them in foul trouble i i think we're gonna see some some kind of blatant zones of sorts from the raptors i think at times i don't know if nick nurse i mean i remember he deployed some stuff like yeah, that he plays zone with, with Embiid. yeah yeah, yeah so with philly we play in we play zone and box one on harden that's some oh on harden okay because i think you guys have uh really good wings for harden i, I think that you guys are gonna limit him pretty well and b though he needs to dominate dominate absolutely and, this, yeah, so the same way for Siakam, too. I feel like you guys don't have anyone for him. And then also Barnes, man. Like, I like Tobias, but he he, he could get bullied in the paint by this guy. But I, I want to ask, I guess, first for the, with you, how do you think Embiid needs to attack these guys? Do you think how, – how much do you think you need of him to win this? So everything needs to run through Embiid in this series. The reason why I say that is because, obviously, Embiid, to me, right now, is the most dominant force – and and now admit from mid post down, and and the and the Raptors, I honestly don't have anybody for Embiid. Just like how we don't have anyone for Siakam, but I just think Embiid is just the most dominant force. He's he's big. He's going to get you in foul trouble. They don't really have anyone, I in my opinion, who can even rebound for him. And he's a very he's a very underrated offensive rebounder, uh, Embiid. And he's going to get like you said, he's going to get you in foul trouble. I think Embiid is going to dominate from the mid-post down. He's going to start. He, he likes to do this early on. He gets in the mid-post, he'll get to the elbow, he'll get to the free-throw line, and he'll and before the double-team can come, he might jab-step you. He might make you think twice before you double-team because he might kick it out of someone, but he's going to shoot that shot over you. And I don't think anybody can do anything about it. And then when we go when he later on in the game, he likes to play some bully ball, especially if the refs aren't. Sometimes refs, they get, they get a little – on Embiid, they don't give him his fouls, but he'll just get more aggressive from what I've seen. I like Embiid because here's the thing: with Harden, the pe- people complain about his free throws and or his, uh, you know, him getting fouled. What I don't like about it is I think sometimes he looks for fouls. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Embiid, for me, Embiid doesn't look for fouls. I think he just gets fouled, and people mm-hmm. don't like it. But it's just that you can't do anything about it. But Harden annoys me because he does look for fouls. And I'm like, you can just score. And if you get fouled, you get fouled, man. Like, you're good enough to just go get a bucket without looking for a foul. You know? You don't have to do the whole the whole Chris Paul thing or the swing through and all that. Just go get a foul, bro. Just I mean, just go score. And then we'll see what happens from there. But I think Embiid dominates. I honestly just think – listen, I respect the Raptors. I respect their roster. I think they got good players. But for me, in my heart of hearts, I believe Embiid wills us to a win in this series. I think he dominates enough to get it done. I think he's still hurt. Everybody talks about when he cried in the tunnel. 
Listen, oh, yeah. he's, not, he's not losing the series. I'm telling he's but, not but, he's but, not gonna lose the series. Well what's he's funny not. though, like a lot of people series? cry after like we've seen a lot of players cry after losing. Like it's not just Embiid. I I, I don't no, know why course. people he always should be the but that was like a historic shot and the story. It was just I, like exactly. a, a very like, that's emotional. Game. Like I mean I would have cried. I, I was crying Harris. at home, but happily tears, you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's so unfair to say, Oh, he cried in tunnel, but but I mean Jonathan, like no offense to Embiid. After that, after the series, when he first came back to Toronto and played, he had no points. Like, like, like I don't think Abid is this like John ja Morant mentality type player. Like, I don't know. Oh. Like, like, like to me, to uh, will, uh, uh. To, I don't know. Like to say that he will will a will a win. I, I don't. Is he I, averaging I don't thirty, Jonathan, in the series? Easy in his sleep. Are you kidding me? I think he's under thirty. He's I, averaging I thirty 30. in his sleep. Nah, he won't be averaging 30. easy. Yeah. This is great. That's not yeah. even a you question. Know but, you know what? But, you know, I love it though because then you know, we, after the series is done, you come back and go, okay, like, who was right? But yeah. Nah, I, I, oh yeah, I, easy. I think he will average like twenty eight, uh, just just oh, yeah. under thirty. I think like twenty. Thirty and eleven in his sleep. I had a question. For, in his sleep. I had a question for Jonathan too before we get the picks in as we close. But to both Embiid and Harden have had history with conditioning at the end of playoff games. How mm-hmm. does the conditioning Let's look talk this about season? It. Embiid last, I mean, obviously he had the injury last year, but he was kind of forced it. You see, he couldn't really fight for deep post position in fourth quarters and would take very hard 18-footers, and they stopped falling uh, in those fourth quarters against the Hawks. And then Harden, yeah. year after year, with his over-dribbling and uh, his foul-baiting tactics. And James, Draymond Green has literally called it out when he features on Inside the NBA how they know James is going to get tired. Now James doesn't ha- – he's not in as good a shape but he doesn't have to carry the same weight he did in Houston. Embiid is playing the best basketball of his life. Do you, has their conditioning looked good? Do you have any concerns about that? Will they not for Embiid. in close games? Not for Embiid. Embiid's been playing a lot of minutes. He he made it through the season. A lot of people said early on, you know, well, he, he has his, his injury history. Uh, his injury history, is he going to be able to make it? He made it through the season. He's looked good. For me, the only thing, I don't know, I'm not going to say per se James Harden's conditioning. I'm more worried about his explosiveness. Uh-huh. Um, he looks a little heavier right now, a little bit on the heavier side. He doesn't look like he's just blown by people, which makes me nervous because of the Raptors' length. But yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say necessarily his conditioning. He's played minutes too, but I'm not, I'm, I think Embiid, I'm not worried about it at all. Harden, I want to see how he looks explosive-wise. Like, is he going to be able to get by people? Is he going to be able to put pressure on them in the paint? That's more so what I'm worried about, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. What about, uh, so for the you guys, how do you think, do they have anything to stop Siakam and, uh, and uh, Scotty Barnes? How many points do you think you're getting out of Siakam in this series from the Raptors' side? 30, averaging 30 points. This Whoa, really? 30 yeah. points in the series? Well, I mean, he averaged 30 points to get them in the regular season. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I'm shocked though. here. You know what I'm saying? So, again, like, 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 if you watch how Siakam plays Philly, it's like a free-for-all. If like that he, mid-range he is drives and, and he drives and there's no one. Like, and B's not even stopping him. Like, like no one's in the paint. Like, he's driving over Tobias, driving over Nyang. Like, he's... It's legit. Like he's at a toy store doing what the hell he wants with Philly. So at at this point, I I, I, I truly think with OG on the court as well. um, I again, I'm curious to see how Doc is going to scheme because if he leaves OG open to do OG wants, OG's healthy. OG's healthy. Yes, he's healthy. So if if he leaves, so so I think if I'm Doc, I'm going to scheme for Siakam, right? Siakam and maybe Gary and maybe uh, Freddie. Hopefully, Freddie's not playing. But that leaves OG open, Scotty open, Gary Trent open, right? Like, I'm just curious to know who they pick their poison. Uh, but I, I do, I, I can see Siakam averaging 25 plus to 30 
this series. And to your point about James Harden, Harden did say yesterday that he's been sprinting on and off the court. His body's felt so he feels a lot better health wise. So I think we're going to see a healthier James Harden in on Saturday for sure. For me, so, for me, wow, uh, for we, points for Siakam in the playoffs. I'm going to go with. Uh, if we're giving a range, uh, 20 to 25. If we're giving a hard number, I'm going to go maybe 22.5. Um, I guess you're going to ask our predictions in a moment. There's a reason why. Um, I do think that he, he he's going to have really good games. He might not have a great game. I I, I just don't see, know if he can maintain that. But I'm not really worried because I think any game that he maybe does not have a 20-plus game, we're deep enough that someone else that day – can have a big game to make up for it. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I think I, they may have two of the top three players in the series, but four, five, six. I mean, I think Toronto may have the edge mm -hmm. there. Uh, mm -hmm. And then this brings me to my last one before we get the official picks. Mm -hmm. I was trying really hard not to laugh when you guys mentioned Glenn Rivers because I am the president of the Glenn Rivers Slander Association. Oh, no. Seven years of this guy making me go through hell and by the way when you said the thing about those two guys should two of those four players should always be on the court at the same time yes i'm very well aware that glenn rivers treats these playoff games like regular season and goes full-on bench a lot of times he has yeah. no room to do that with philly with this team none he might he do it though guys he might do it Dying. and another thing though <laughs> i want to see how nurse as we're talking about with schemes zones how will he how will glenn adjust to what's thrown at him that's going to be really important to me. You might just need Harden and Embiid to say to just be the coaches on the floor and be like, you know what, we just got to be smart enough to figure it out ourselves. Because the best players, you know, despite the coaches, they'll still figure it out. And yeah, Harden and Embiid are are pretty smart players, but definitely got to give the coaching edge to Toronto. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, but. Um, We'll see how Glenn does. It's going to be tough. All the, <laughs> I think all the pressures on the Sixers to me, the Raptors are kind of playing with house money in my opinion. Oh, I know, yeah. I know oh, yeah, you guys would be a little disappointed if the Raptors didn't win, but I, maybe, but this if the Sixers don't win, because as Jonathan <laughs> said, like you guys have championship Yo, aspirations. Face is killing me. He's I don't like, even nah. want to think about. I don't want to <laughs> think about that scenario at all. You have <laughs> championship <laughs> aspirations. Like this, if we Harden lose this series, oh my god! Harden and beat on the same team, like <laughs> it, that should make it. That should be a contender, no doubt. Oh my god! So, I agree. No, Harden and beat. Like when that happened, like yeah, these guys are contenders, and, and you're absolutely correct. Like if I'm Jonathan, if I'm the Philly fan, and we lose, yo. Bun down the entire place. Bun it down. I'm deleting the Twitter app if we lose in the first round. <laughs> you won't see me till next season. Yeah, you still <laughs> might not see me. And beating hard is going to get it. Glenn Rivers is oh going to get it. Oh, my gosh, man. I'll, I'll tell you this. As you said about Tobias Harris, um, I had him on my team, and I realized that. I'll give Glenn Rivers this. He actually is good at getting stuff out of Tobias Harris. You know, as you said, when he becomes a spot-up shooter, he 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 can go really cold and kind of lose his rhythm. You got to run a little bit of those dribble handoffs for him to get into the mid-range area here and there to get him going, I believe. And I think that that's a little bit on Glenn, but it's also on Harden as the as the floor general. Like, you know what I'm saying? To realize, look, I got to be off ball sometimes. Let's get Tobias going because if you can get Tobias averaging 18, 20 points in the series, you guys will be fine. I can promise that. He's oh, yeah. Capable. Yeah. I'm not even expecting that, but if that capable. happens, oh, Lord, yeah, we'll be He's, good. I saw him score 20 points for my team like it was nothing, and then we were winning and, and efficiently. My issue with him is 
he doesn't act like he he can get buckets. Do you know what I mean? Like he plays timid. Yeah. But anyway, mental so, mental game is not mental there. Mental everything. So mental let me ask everything. you guys to end it off. Predictions on the series. I'm going to start with uh, Nelly J. Ooh, again, I think it's going to be a very hot fought series, man. Um, it's going to be chess, a lot of chess pieces, because um, I think Nick Nurse will be making adjustments at every halftime, and I'm curious to see how does Doc come back from those chess pieces. Glenn. Um, I, sorry, Glenn. Uh, the I Glenn do disrespect. Think, so, but, there's only one Doc in Philly, my friend. But 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 I do think that um, I think Philly will have a I think Philly will have better first half than us because we struggle in the first quarter for some reason I don't know why we have a very slow start in the first quarter so if Philly's up at the half I'm not gonna be surprised for most games because I think that's gonna happen within B's dominance and how he plays but I do think closing out um, when we make adjustments mid 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 game mid series. I think we're going to edge out more wins than Philly. So I do have us winning uh, six games um, in six. And um, I think Matisse not playing is going to be a big problem because I think in playoff basketball, teams adjust and teams get into rhythm. So pulling Matisse out the lineup and back in, I, I, I just think the pressure um, – you know that might that, that might cause some animosity amongst the players in the locker room. Like I think there's a lot of things happening in Philly that could cause drama if Philly doesn't doesn't win, right? And so I I, I see more issues on Philly's side to be honest throughout the series than the Raptors. So I do pick Raptors winning in six. So I'll just land right there. I got Raptors in six, uh, just due to the fact that Raptors. I don't want to see seven games. I don't want to see going into Philadelphia and having to win a game on the road against this Philadelphia team. So I got to go Raptors in six. Um, I do think the key is going to be uh, Nick Nurse. I think coach, it's going to ultimately come down to coaching. Um, Embiid, you're right. He has the ability to dominate. He should dominate with his, not just the size, his, his ability. He can stretch the floor. He can, he can do anything right now. Um, but I do think that, Nick Nurse in regards to, he's already proven, we've seen, we played four times this year, we've seen Nick Nurse and his ability to, on the defensive end, be creative. And Raptors are going to win games, and I'm assuming they're going to lose games in this series. Um, but I think we're going to make the better adjustments. And I think, ultimately, as you like to say, uh, Glenn is going to have something to think about on the <laughs> offseason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now, to end it off with you, Jonathan, Sixers All and right. I got six. Uh, I'm gonna tell you on a minute. I'm gonna tell you on a minute. I'm gonna go over a little bit of the series, but um, I, I will say, going looking into the series, like I said, I respect I respect the Raptors. But how I see it is, you know, you got Pascal, you got Fred VanVleet. I respect them the most on that team. Everybody else to me is a toss up. One night they're great. One night they're nowhere to be found. So what I think what needs to happen is we need to scheme for Pascal and Fred, and then whoever happens to be going off that night. We make the adjustments that we need to make. And I think that with that being said, we have the the most dominant pieces. We have Joel Embiid, who should be the NBA MVP. It's really disgusting that he's not going to win. I mean, you're on the all-defensive team. You lead the league in scoring. Um, you got the 76ers to the fourth seed. Do you know how bad we are when Embiid's not in? Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So I think he's the MVP of the league, and I think he's going to show that in this series. James Harden, listen, man, all we need him to do is facilitate, knock down some threes, and attack in the paint. That's all I need from him. Tobias, 
We need consistency. I need 15 points. I need six to eight rebounds. You're going to have to crash this, this series. And Tyrese Maxey, who is the most improved player in the NBA right now, this man, his free throw, his, uh, his three-point percentage, I think he's fourth in the league now, three-point percentage. Um, from last year, he was a below-average three-point shooter. And obviously, his scoring has went up. Um, 43%. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey yeah. to me is is the guy I feel like is going to be the X factor for. He's going to be the guy to push us over the top. He's the guy who I can depend on every game who's going to bring it. And um, I got the Sixers winning this series and the really, really tough six. I think that we do have some matchup problems against the Raptors, but I just think that we have the better players. And um, I think we have the MVP, and I think we I think we can take this home. And we can't lose. We can't lose. The Raptors don't have yeah. any pressure, but we can't lose. <laughs> no, we got to win. Yo, yo, what's so funny, Jonathan, is that, like, as Raptor fans, we don't have any pressure. No, <laughs> like, yeah. no, like, 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 yeah, I mean, like, we're in a transition year. This is, like, our, our, supposed to be our, our worst year ever as a team yeah. because – a lot of places, but I do think Philly has so much pressure, and that's why the question is: and, and pressure, you either rise you or you fall. How so do you handle it? I think if he's yeah. ready to go, I think he's ready to handle this pressure. He's going to will us to a win, guys. I hope so, man. Oh, I, I'm scared. From, from my, <laughs> I guess for my pick, you know, I've gone back and forth so many times. Uh, I really want to see because you know me, man. I don't really root for people to fail, but Glenn Rivers and James Harden, it's just like. Oh, that's man. not right. That's not right. It's, so easy it, to hate. It's very right because Glenn Rivers <laughs> caused me pain. And and Toronto's very likable. The one guy you didn't mention, Jonathan, that he, he's gonna be he's gonna be causing you problems is that boy Scotty Barnes. He is a problem. You're gonna see. But that being said, I may have to agree. I just don't I, I see what I see is I think the Raptors are gonna get one of the first two games. Um but man, I think Embiid's gonna make sure they get one in Toronto, even without Matisse. He's gonna he's gonna go off one game. I just think that, and I think he's gonna go the distance. I, no one, none of you guys picked seven, so I guess I'll be the guy that picks seven. Uh-huh. Philly in seven. Embiid's gonna make him win, despite Glenn's Glenn being out coached. He's gonna play that well. I just think this is the year where he won't lose first round. My heart wants to say Raptors in six, but my head's telling me Sixers in seven because if Embiid loses in the first round. Oh, Man, no. I really hope he plays so well he avoids blame because they're going to be on his everyone's head. Um, yeah, we got one. Let everybody know where they can find you guys. This has been my favorite recap uh, or re- preview thus far. So let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, I guess we'll start with Jonathan. Hey, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at that underscore dude John. All right, sorry, that underscore dude underscore John. So the dude is spelled with two U's. So you guys mm-hmm. can find me on there. I'm also, if you um, look up on YouTube Sunday is for basketball. You'll be able to check out uh, my podcast with my boy, I Rocky Rock. He's a uh, Lakers fan. And we're also all, all on every streaming service. So if you have Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, all those different services, you can find us on there. One last thing I want to say before you guys go is the real X Factor is my boy, Drizzy Drake. What's he going to be doing on the sidelines? Man? All the things, Jonathan. All the things. Shoulder massages. We're, we're going to we're gonna have to bring Mingo yeah. out for a couple of games. But I, you got, thank you guys so much. It's been great. No it, you is guys? Meek Miller vaccinated, though? That's the question. Sorry. Ooh, sorry. That's, a, that's a really good question. <laughs> Him and Matisse are going to have to watch it uh, in one of their mansions or something in Philly. <laughs> Toronto? Uh, for me. For me, yeah, you can check me out at Fahim for the win. That's F-A-H-E-E-M, the number four, and then T-H-E-W-I-N, Fahim for the win uh, on Twitter and also at Good Rookies. 
on on all pl- platforms along with Nelly J. Go ahead, Nelly J. Yeah. So first, I'm gonna go with our uh, our show. So we got the Raptor Spaces. So follow at Raptor Spaces. We do post game shows. So Jonathan, hopefully, you come on Saturday. When oh I yeah, lose. yeah, because we mm-hmm. we host spaces win or lose. Like we don't write from the smoke. So right. definitely come through Saturday night at Raptor Spaces. Mm-hmm. We also watch have live parties and we watch the games with Philly fans too. On Clubhouse, so Toronto Raptors fan club on Clubhouse. And, of course, Good Rookies, at Good Rookies. That's on Twitter. That's on Facebook. That's on Instagram. We everywhere. And a YouTube, Spotify, wherever. Uh, for me, uh, you can find me, Nelly underscore J on Twitter. Nelly underscore Licious on Instagram. And, yeah, like, check us out. We are, you know, at the end of the day, like, this series is going to be really fun to watch. I think people... Are looking mm-hmm. forward to the Boston, but I think if you're looking at rivalries, like true rivalries, there's no better series than Philly versus 